Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathbun. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part. She's of the made movies. it for the entire week without running from the house screaming. <laughs> Chris Perez Webster. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, darling. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yay. It's been a pleasure having you. Yay. <laughs> I would like to mention... Well, since we were talking about the suicide note, that Lydia decides, if she ever decides to stop pursuing photography, she could have a career in writing. <laughs> she reminds me of Miss Coleman, my sixth grade teacher, if you're out there listening. She was the first person who would give us, or that really emphasized um, rewriting a lot. She would give us this ugly pea green colored paper. Um, to write our first drafts on. Yes, there were air quotes. Sorry. Our first drafts. And I didn't even use that properly. That shouldn't be air quoted. <laughs> Forgive me, Miss Coleman. <laughs> You're not using your quotations correctly. <laughs> she would give, uh, give us these ugly green sheets of um, legal paper. She would have us crumple it up. Then she would have us uncrumple it. Then she would have us step on it a few times, stomp, stomp, stomp with our, you know, dirty sixth grade feet, sneakers, whatever. Then start writing our rough draft and not be afraid to scratch things out and draw arrows and use different colored inks or whatever. Because, um, you know, sometimes, as any writer would know, Chris is a writer, in case you did not sometimes. know. Chris. She is a sometimes writer. And I've read some of her stuff. I really like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, sometimes you're brilliant. The most brilliant thing you write might be the third thing or the fourth, fifth, sixth thing that you wrote down and not necessarily the first sentence. Hence passes on scripts. <laughs> first pass, second pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've been hearing all along from Mr. Rathbun <laughs> about the changes in the movie compared to the scripts. You'll so. hear about some more later. Yeah. <laughs> not too much. But. Yeah, I, I have to say... I. I definitely enjoy the editing process and writing. That being said, for school assignments, a lot of times that ended up being my first draft was the one that got turned in. <laughs> We've all been there, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I it, it was funny because I was one of those kids that kind of, I'll just say coasted a lot <laughs> and not did not necessarily work to my full potential. <laughs> so... While I did, for example, in college composition, while I got an A in that class, I was really mad about having to take it in the first place because I'd passed the AP English test, but my college at the time did not accept AP English credit. So I was required to take college composition one and college composition two. And I was so mad about it that I think every single assignment I turned in was my first draft, oh. um, but I still got an A. So I was that kid. You were that kid. <laughs> I was kid. that kid. I was kind of obnoxious. I'm still obnoxious, but sometimes I tone it down for public consumption. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That just reminded me of something kind of crazy as far as like always being obsessed with movies. And mm -hmm. this also ties together with composition, although it was a history class. Um, we were studying, obviously, American history. And we'd gotten up to, you know, gone with the wind time. Uh, movie or book? Yes. Mo movie, book, or real life? Well, we were supposed to read a book that was set in that time period and oh, okay. do, you know, and, and talk about, you know, the book and the 
the period. And so I was like, oh, I saw Gone with the Wind. I'm going to pick up the book, which if anyone's seen the book, it's very fat, very thick book, something you can't just read like in a weekend, at least not me. It's a yeah. doorstop. Yes. Chris, maybe could read it in a weekend, but I couldn't. <laughs> if I'm interested enough in a book, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I start reading it. And I noticed differences, like, you know, she has more kids, she was married to this, or she didn't do this, blah, 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 all these little differences. In the first, I don't know, 100 pages of the book, didn't finish the rest of the book. So I write the, the book, the book report slash history composition thing, and I mentioned all the things that were different in the first 100 pages, and I got an A. That was enough for her to assume I had read the whole thing. <laughs> so just thinking about compositions and movies and how <laughs> yeah. they change from the script and how Beetlejuice has changed from the script. Like that segue. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pretty much the only, I mean, she still does the, I am alone, looks at it, crumbles the paper, starts again. I am utterly alone, which I'm pretty sure has spawned a bunch of memes by this point. Uh, <laughs> you have sealed my fate with your betrayal. I can no longer stand to be used like a puppet between the two deceitful worlds. By the time you read this, I will be gone. Having jumped off, scratch off, Having plummeted off the Winter River Bridge, then you will know I am no longer a toy in your petty feuds. Goodbye, Lydia. Ooh. She's a little bit more uh, really hurt by them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does she get used as a pawn as much in this version of the movie? Well, I think it's more of she thinks that because, you know, Barbara didn't say the snake wasn't them. So I'm pretty sure she's proceeding from that assumption. Right. Yeah. I do, ironically enough, um, it's kind of interesting that she, and I think Tim Burton may have thought of this, ahead, I mean, maybe, maybe not, or, or the, I'm sorry, the script writers, I guess, not Tim Burton himself in this case. Um, weirdly enough, or ironically enough, if she pl plans to plummet off a bridge to commit suicide by drowning or by breaking her bones and then drowning, as often happens when you plummet off mm -hmm. a bridge, that's exactly the same way that the Maitlands themselves died. So it's already kind of showing you know, how there's a kinship between them, even though ironically, she's so mad at them right now that she would, you know. Well, that, and, and we, talk, we talked a little bit about it when, when that minute happened. But I mean, Looking at the height, unless it's, you know, winter and it's water's freezing, it looks survivable. Is that the Winter Bridge, though? That I don't know, because mm. Winter River is actually not an existing place. It's East Corinth, and that's the only bridge in East Corinth. The only thing that they built was the cover for it for the movie. Oh, so the height cover. is still the same. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, going back, scrubbing back through the, the, the car plummeting minute, it, it looks decently survivable. Do you think Maybe that thing she is can't still... swim? No, that could be. Oh. Or if it's, you know, winter, winter, and she yeah. freezes. Yeah. Well, or she hits the ice, breaks her neck, and then drowns. Yeah. <laughs> the dark side of Beetlejuice, <laughs> yes. everybody. Just to make sure it all happens. I mean, you know, I mean, granted, yes, they are uh, shooting this in the previous minute, that very pastoral scene. Yes. So it is not currently winter when she's writing this note. Right. But she's just preparing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm, she wants to get it right, obviously. Mm -hmm. She's going to write that till it's perfect and, and then commit suicide. <laughs> yes. And of course, being very dramatic, she is, of course, listening to opera music as she's doing this. Yes. And I think we all maybe uh, figured out what she was listening to. Do you want to start? I will butcher the name. Um, <laughs> I'm sure so, I would too. I mean, 
if if I steal your paper, I can because you know I left my notes <laughs> on my now turned off phone. Um, oh yes, the opera itself was Lucia de Lammermoor. Sure. And Regnava nel silenzio is the actual song. Something of silence. Yes. It sounds beautiful when you say it like that. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, background in Spanish means you can fake Italian pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're from Barcelona. Yeah. Well, there is that. <laughs> Let's not talk about lifts. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the Lucy de Lammermoor opera, uh, that specific part of the opera is actually from a scene where Lucia tells her maid that she has seen the ghost of a girl killed on the very spot by a jealous Ravenswood ancestor. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so if, you know, any music nerds are watching this, they're like, ah, I know what that scene's referring to. It's talking about a ghost. Yes. You know, and I have to say, for like, from a from a directing perspective or even, you know, like, people involved with production, you know, I love how... Sometimes in some productions, there is a lot of attention to detail, you know, for, for every, oh, they messed that up. Then there's something like this where they're like, she's listening to this beautiful, mournful aria. That's talking about a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do that I, I, in, in my very, very, very little spare time doing sound for theater and whatnot, like a, uh, uh, during Blythe Spirit. Uh, I had to do a bunch of just random, you know, 20s songs. And the one of the end of the acts talks about them being broke and everything. So, of course, the song I immediately went into was Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's fun to do things like that. Yeah. You know, stuff that you know that no one else is going to get. But you're yeah. like, ha, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recently directed Scrooge the Musical, and we had all kinds of anachronisms in that show. But a couple of years ago, I directed The Secret Garden. And there, I can't even remember what song it is, but I have one of the actresses just, you know, kind of singing a little tune. It was period appropriate. And she was like, is anyone going to realize this? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I will. I, will. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. There will be somebody like Barry, for instance, who's going to go, what's that period appropriate? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that during intermission and see if they got that right. And if anybody recognizes uh, at least the name, Lucia de Lemamore, or maybe recognize part of the opera, it may be because you've seen it several different places. Most notably, the 1946 Disney short Make Mine Music, which is the one that the only two things anyone really remembers from that is Casey at the Bat and the opera singing Whale, mm. who sings this, uh, not this aria, but part of the sextet of it. And it was also in The Departed. Jack Nicholson was at a performance of it in the movie, and his cell phone ringtone is the same melody. And this is also the opening, or at least the aria from uh, the opera, was used in the opening of... Diva Plava Laguna's Fifth Element aria before she goes crazy nuts weird. <laughs> the Fifth Element. Ah. I need to. There, there's actually a Fifth Element podcast that I need to check out. Oh. One of the one have... of the new um, joining the family. Yeah, one of the new movies by minutes. Pretty sure you can see a lot of background stuff in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great way to segue into um, the Star Wars Minute, who we have to say we're very, very grateful to Pete the Retailer, 
and Alex Robinson for starting the Star Wars Minute and inspiring so many people to create their own movies by the minute, including us. So go check them out. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. I I have to say, I like like these podcasts that, that, like, that Barry and Julie introduced me to because, you know... For for every person that just wants to pop in a movie and ignore it, there's someone who is checking out every single detail. They are rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it. They are watching all of the behind the scenes, you know, because they want to know and they want to break it down and analyze it. Cloud Atlas. Oh my gosh, is someone doing that one? <laughs> no, but that would be amazing. I would to totally do. be down for Cloud Atlas because I love that movie. I love it. I, I love it so much. I read the book. I did too. Coming back from all of our bonus materials that we just had a beautiful conversation on, and you guys need to check that out on our Facebook page. We now have a Facebook page. Took us half a movie, but we have one now. <laughs> Woo! So come Better late lis- than never. Come listen to our bonus materials. Um, I'm going to just chat about the visual side since uh, we were just just now talking about the auditory um, uh, treats, the delights for the ears. Um, earlier, we noticed that Lydia's room was purple, which blends the colors of life, which is red, blue, which is when you're completely dead, <laughs> not just mostly dead. Really, really most gets that reference. dead. <laughs> <laughs> mostly dead. Um, now we can see that the floor is green. Which we associate with the partly dead, I guess you could say, with the afterlife here. And I take it to mean one of two things. One, we know that the suicides become the civil servants, and she is contemplating suicide. Ooh, and she now has a green Ooh, floor. can't imagine Lydia enjoying civil servancy. Not Sorry. at all. Not at all. So that floor is a warning, perhaps. And two, we know that Lydia has an affinity for the ghosts that are still in transition because she has affinity with um, the Maitlands. So I just thought it was interesting that they gave it a green floor. And that's pretty much all I have to say about this minute. Anyone else got some thoughts for Friday? Mm-hmm. No, nope. that's about it. Well, happy Friday, everybody. And have a wonderful, fantastic, quirky Tim Burton Beetlejuice kind of a weekend. Bye. 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 Until next time, save us some popcorn and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.